faithful. He knew about this meeting long before we even gave it any consideration, and I believe that he's here to meet, to meet each and every one of you. God bless you. I want to greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our saints and friends on the internet, our the believers in the States. We just want to welcome you. It's a beautiful day today here in Vancouver, and we're just grateful for all the Lord has done for us. Why don't we stand together Let's just sing, I bless your name, I bless your name. <clears throat> Start with the chorus. I bless your name. I bless your name. I give you all.
see. I see Sister Sylvia here. God bless you. You know, as I was putting my poppy on this morning, I was thinking of Brother Hugh and thinking what a patriot he was on this earth. And you now he's a patriot for the kingdom of God. And, you know, we know we know where our kingdom lies. We know where our country truly is. And we're just just a little homesick this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's sing, Peace of God, Cover Me.
Amen. I'm here to declare that it's not hopeless. Amen. I'm here to tell you that if you haven't got faith, God is here to fill you with faith. Amen. We all have our weak moments. We all have our times when we don't feel like much of a Christian, but that doesn't matter to God because he already has a finished work in us. Amen. Amen. I'd like to ask Brother Timothy Onotoko if you could come and pray with us this morning. I'd sure appreciate it. I don't have any prayer requests, but I know that there's needs in the assembly. There's needs out on the internet. And we all have our, our personal desires. And I know that the Lord will be here to, to meet each and every need of our heart. Amen. unfolding according to the prophecies proving that you are the only God who has control of situation you control our life you control event even among the hidden people so that we can know you are our God and we are not ashamed to show it, to proclaim it to behave as sons and daughters of God. Though we might be away from the country where we came from, Father, which is the word of God. The heavenly places, as many times as brother said, we don't feel like we're being from God. But you have said it. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. It has pleased you to bring us in your house the church, the house of praise, worship, adoration, and thanksgiving, Father. We don't want to wait according to the calendar, but every day is a thanksgiving for us to see the sun shining, oh God, to see the scent of like precious faith. Father God, you heal our disease, you give answers to our problems. Oh, how we thank you, Lord. We bless your name for everything you're continually doing for us. And here we stand in your presence, holy presence, Father, under this expectation that you will come once more behind this purpose and noise your servant. We don't know who's going to speak to us, but the almighty God, the all-knowing God is always present. Come, Father, and give answer to our need meet the need of each one of us oh god whether it is here on the internet or whatever condition we might be in the future we want to see you thank you so much for everything we commit this service and everything in your mighty holy hand in the name of jesus christ our lord amen Amen. God bless you. I want to say to you that are present, it's a special thing. I have texts which I have received this week, and my wife received one also from Switzerland, and uh, they've had a, 
a battle, a real battle, a living battle with, uh, with this virus. But we thank God we're able to say to you this morning, those people who have taken the courage to write have, have been able to say, it's over. <laughs> and uh, they have victory. I had a phone call also from a brother from Singapore. And uh, he said, you dedicated my son. I said, well, how long ago was that? He said, 33 years ago. <laughs> so here's uh, somebody is 33 years that I dedicated. And I'm so glad. I'm glad that you're here. Because in the text, they said, uh, just to see the people come to the service. And to appear on the platform or appear in the service. And you don't know when uh, uh, the camera is on you and you think it's in vain. It's not in vain. Somebody is sitting there getting courage. Getting, uh, getting not only courage, but they're enthused and happy and inspired. And faith rises in their hearts because they say, well... Uh, praise God, Amen. we have another brother or another sister, and I want to greet our brother Paul and sister Heidi neighbor this morning that have taken the time to write. You, you don't, you know, you don't know what our brothers, uh, our deacon brothers are walking around. They don't get a lot out of the service because they have paper in their hands. And that paper means something. You don't realize that some regulations come in effect on Friday. And some for us in the home come in effect last night at 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock. That's how, that's how, uh, they don't, they don't, I won't say they don't care, but that is the regulation that comes in. At 10 o'clock, you're not to have people, other people and the family members in the home. They don't want someone else. And the people who contacted us from Switzerland said uh, their daughter, married daughter, her husband, their child, all, all had this COVID uh, thing and for several weeks, three or four weeks, they were very sick, and then one was left with an after effect of terrible headaches, and uh, they went on for several days. They went on for actually two or three weeks, but I can tell you that we have a God that's greater than any sickness, than any disease, than any plague. He's greater, and we need to give him glory for that. It didn't come cheap. It was Calvary's cross paid the full debt for us. Amen. And so I, I want to greet the people who have written in. You've written in not in vain. And you that are streaming today, we are thankful that we are here. And you are there streaming. And we say, God bless you. And as you enter into this service and into the preaching of the word, and Brother Murphy is going to be 
delivering the message. I want to say something to you. This is one person. You're looking at one person that has been greatly blessed by the word. And I have spoken some of them word as they spoke it. So that I could have the, the full benefit of it. And we believe it. And we are thankful to see you, Brother Tom. And uh, even though he may be here with crutches, but I can tell you that he's thankful to be here. (laughs) And can't wait to preach. (laughs) We're thankful for Brother Tim, Brother John Andes. I can tell you that we're very thankful They have different regulations here than perhaps down there, and it it changes at the border. I went down and talked to one of the men at the border, and uh, as soon as you get outside of, you know, this particular country, he said, well, I don't know. I I don't know, and he doesn't really care because he's an officer of this country, and so... That's where his responsibility extends as far as that goes. And beyond that, they just don't know. So they want don't take any responsibility. But I'm glad. And we have uh, new regulations for the, for the church yes. that came into effect uh, over the weekend. And, uh, and it, it is... Pardon? They can, they can come to, into the church, but there's no meeting afterwards. They cannot, you're not permitted to meet with others after the meeting, but pro- before the meeting and, uh, as, what, what is that? Perhaps you should come up and give it. Well, let, let the person who knows say it. Anyway, I want to say God bless you. And to those that are on the internet, God bless you. (laughs) God bless you. It's good. I can see you there. I've been there. I've been there. I know what it's about. When they say, raise your hand, I raise my hand. Hallelujah. I raise my hand while the preaching's preacher, while he's preaching the word. I raise my hand because I'm, I'm fully in agreement with it. Hallelujah. Brother Mike, you do that too, don't you? Amen. God bless you. Michael. Thank you. You can have your seat. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> good morning. Not going to take too much time for Brother Murphy, but we do want to just go over a couple little tweaks and changes. I know we're probably all in a little bit of the what has been te- deemed as COVID fatigue, and uh, I'm definitely dealing with that in my house done with this but uh here we are this is what it is and we're just working through it so we appreciate your ability to work through it with us um i'm going to clarify a few things a couple of changes probably the biggest one i would say is indeed just uh, anybody that was aware of the announcement yesterday uh they're just asking for everybody to tighten the ship up a little bit as, as far as social gathering recreational gatherings etc uh that does not apply to mass gatherings which is what we're under which is why we're here and we were biting our nails as we were listening and wondering if it was churches were included and thankfully one of the last questions they asked specifically that and here we are today or we would have all been streaming uh service but uh the one thing that does affect us is 
when we leave, right to our cars. Okay, there's no gathering outside uh, and fellowshipping and such outside. It's just straight to our cars. And we'll just, for the next couple weeks, the current orders are to the 23rd. And we'll just be uh, uh, conscious of that and just do our do our part. And uh, we'll just go to our cars and, and, and mind that, all right? So that's just no no social gathering outside. We do, uh, whether you know it or not, we do have neighbors and they do, they do watch. <laughs> so especially now, we want to be very careful and do our part. So... Uh, a couple things that I do want to also then I'll clarify is, um, just as the deacons have asked, parking, when you're coming into the different zones, um, parking, the fellowship hall we've had open for now, the, 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 for this month, uh, parking for fellowship hall is along the fence, along this road here. That's the, the zone for anybody coming to the fellowship hall. So, you know, park along the fence area here. Anybody that's coming in the balcony, you should have been parked in the back corner, kind of behind the school in that area of the parking lot. And anybody coming into the sanctuary, you're parking out front in the, in front of the overhang area here. So just be aware of that if there was any confusion on your, on the parking. The fellowship hall is open. All services, any service, as many times as you want. So there is, there's no um, limit or quota on the fellowship hall. So please um, don't feel like you're, there's a, a the, the, the two booking thing. That's the fellowship halls any time. And I know it's not on the site for the evening services. I will be adding it for the evening services as well. So the fellowship hall will be opened uh, for everybody. Sunday evenings are also are not counted to the to the uh, your pre-booking uh, quota. So again, so Sunday, so the fellowship hall is not, and Sunday evenings anywhere is not. Uh, so it's just the one Sunday mornings and the Wednesdays that we're just trying to to balance so everybody has the opportunity. So I know there's maybe there were some questions on Sunday evening and in the sanctuary. Am I not, am I not allowed? And so just to clarify, Sunday evenings book wherever is open. As many times as you want. Um, and we'll join with everybody in the States for the service. And so, uh, and any service in the fellowship hall is any time you want as well. So that those are hopefully that was clear enough for you. It's just the Sunday mornings that you're allowed to have pre-book one. And a Wednesday, you're allowed to pre-book one. And then from there on, it's same day. Uh, those that were keener waitlist users... There's a number of people that were right on the wait list, and it would be a lot of the same people, but uh, we've removed the wait list, and so the wait list is, is no more. And if you uh, will be pulling from the fellowship hall, so if there is any um, vacancies or gaps or somebody cancels or forgets to cancel and we find out that there's some space, we'll then uh, bring uh, people from the fellowship hall into the sanctuary. So... The fellowship hall has essentially become the wait list. You want to be a church, you want to get a chance to come in here, it's not the wait list anymore. Come to the fellowship hall and, uh, and join the, the, the brothers and sisters there, and then we'll f- pull from that area. Uh, for the fellowship hall, for the mothers, I know it's a little difficult with the nursery uh, facility as such. The kitchen and the foyer, or the entryway there, is, is where they are, are. It's available for the little ones. But we've also uh, curtained off... Uh, the windows in the kitchen, and so they converting the kitchen to just mothers only. So anybody that's in the fellowship hall, it is mothers only, and uh, there'll be signs on the door, so please don't go into the kitchen, any of the brothers, uh, so mothers will be using that space for, for a nursery. All right, and the balcony, this also one last clarification, there was some question on whether the balcony was part of the pre-allotment, which it is, whether you're in the balcony or the sanctuary, that is 
Sunday morning, whether you're here or there, um, that is part of your pre-booking quota. So the, the balcony isn't kind of out of the uh, out of the scheme. And just the, the the bottom here is it's for Sunday morning. You have one Sunday morning and one Wednesday. Whether it's the balcony or the or the sanctuary lower area here. All right. So I'd say if there's any questions, raise your hand and we'll take it one by one. We won't do that. <laughs> if you have any questions, email me, call the office, catch me after service, whatever it may be. Hopefully that clarifies a few things and it creates a few more questions. I am available. God bless you, Brother Matthew. Thank you, Brother Mike, and we sure do appreciate you as well, because I know you're always dealing with the, the, the changes, and it's a little stressful, so thank you for managing that. Let's sing, There's Been a Change in Me Since Jesus Set Me Free. It's 870. There's been a change in me since Jesus And as he's coming, why don't we sing Springs of Living Water, 759. Amen. Did you thirst in a barren land? Amen. And those waters came. It's really good when you're song leading, I tell you. Water's the best. Amen. Verse 1, please. 
I thirsted in a barren land of sin and shame, and nothing satisfying there I found. But to the blessed cross of Christ one day I came, springs of living water. back to the house of God again. I trust you are uh, having an expectation to drinking from the water, the fountain. And, uh, you know, uh, the fountain, it has a no end to it. And uh, just uh, get your appetite right. Uh, you just become a thirsty and God will fill you up. So um, we believe the Lord is going to meet us. Um, there are needs in amongst us. Uh, there's needs uh, even outside of the church. They send in a request for us to, to pray and to uh, believe for them. You know, in time like this, that's what we're uh, uh, buying our faith together to do all the Lord has given to us. He give us a power. This is a time to um, release that power of faith, to believe in whatever the God of words has said. It's not just uh, what we learned uh, from, but we haven't been accumulating. We haven't been built up. And I guess I believe uh, this is a time for us to really manifest what we believed. So let's um, turn to the scripture, if you don't mind. Uh, let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter chapter 10. Yeah, it's a very, very familiar scripture and uh, especially uh, related to uh, the hour that we're living. And by the prophet's message, and we know this is the, uh, God's word for us in this hour. And uh, chapter 10, book of Revelation. Um, I think I'll just uh, read the whole uh, chapter because it's not very long. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and the rainbow was upon his head, and his face as they were the sun, and his feet as pillar of fire. And he had in his hands a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roars, and when he had cried, seven thunders utters their voice. 
And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lift up his hand to heaven, and swore by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven, and the things that there are therein are, and the earth, and the things therein are, and the sea, and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he has declared to his servants the prophet. What a marvelous promise. Uh, you know, if, uh, if, if without the message, this is only just a scripture, so many, probably all the theologian, uh, theologians just passing by, just with, without understanding, without giving them. But by the prophet of God, the message in this hour, God revealed this to us. And uh, even uh, we, we can see that in the school, and they teach on that, and they speak about it. Even the little kids, they can quote it in the scripture. But you see, uh, for the world, it's just total mystery. Oh, we're thankful the Lord revealed this to us. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hands of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and that upon the earth. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and he shall make thy belly bitter, but he shall be in thy mouth sweet as a honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many people and nations and towns and kings. Let's bow our head. Dear Heavenly Father, we open up the, the Holy Scripture. Lord, uh, used to be this book. This book of a redemption, nobody can touch it. Nobody can look at it. But Lord, in this hour, through the messenger, Lord, the Lamb of God has opened this book for us. And take the book from the hands that sit on the throne. And give it to the messenger in this hour. And then the pass it down to us. So Lord, it's not just something, just a page, a ink on the page. But Lord, it is as an open book. It is as a redemption plan has been revealed. Our name has revealed it in it. How we thankful, Lord, that a price has been paid so that we don't have to pay any price for it. Lord, we don't have to uh, probing at it or just try to seeking at it. This is a given to us, Lord. That's a behoove to us to, to go to take the book and to eat it up so that we can become a one with the word. Lord, it doesn't take the mind to figure it out. It just takes the faith to accept it and receiving it so that a word and so the receiver of the word will become a one. We thank you, Lord, and we ask you to bless this service, Lord. Just come down again to meet your people and speak to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Just while you're uh, uh, sitting, I uh, uh, just have another scripture I'm just reading for you. 
uh, actually, and I, I read it as a scripture the last time uh, when I was uh, speaking, I spoke with it here. Uh, I want to continue the, uh, the subject that he was striking to uh, take the book. And in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 53, uh, in verse 10, it said, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grave. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And um, when, when I was um, uh, studying it at, you know, I, I was looking at the scripture. I know that a lot of time we look at the scripture, and um, uh, even for the believer, I, I know that's for the uh, for the people that's uh, in the uh, Christian world, uh, they, uh, um, most of the people they read it of the Bible, they believe uh, this is um, this is the book that God wrote, and that this is a book that God gave uh, uh, to the people, the, to the Christian, the, the believers. But you know that the people don't have understanding of the book. But without the Holy Spirit revealed to that, no man can figure uh, the book out. No man can understand the thoughts of God. But only by the Spirit of God that can reveal the word to us. That's why a person has to be born again. He can't be just born in the church. He can't be just born in a certain uh, theology or certain doctrine. No matter how you try to study it, it won't, you won't understand God. But it's by the born again, by the new birth. Born again, that means you have to be born from above. It's not something that you learn from it. But it has to be the Spirit of a God from the heaven and revealed Himself to you. That He become a personal to you. He's not just the book. He's not just some uh, uh, that's uh, we're teaching that it's about. But He become a person. And that a person your eye doesn't see, your hands might not be able to touch it. But by face, when you believe it, you can see the changing as it happens inside of you. And at some time, I think it is in the things that are RTB. Brother Bradbury said, you know, when you go into, you stumble into the little mission at the corner. You go into the little church and you don't understand, but you just fall before the altar. And then uh, uh, he said, uh, sometimes it doesn't make sense. But uh, years later, after a long uh, time, this is over, uh, uh, passing by. And years later, when you looking back, then you saw the hands of God. So, you know, as a time, at the time, the Lord only wants us believe my word. Believe his word. Read his word and believe it. As time goes by, God will unfolding it. Yeah. Is you do many people they wanted the, uh, the word of God unfolding right now. Come on, give it to me right now. Let me understand it right now, or or bless me right now, or correct me right now, or do something right now. Change this body right now. Change my uh, behavior right now, Lord. Change my nature right in the, the moment. It doesn't work that way. It only work when you receive the word. Then the word will unfold itself in your life. Then the word would take his toll, take his word, and start to working, start to churning. You're going through things. You try to understand the why. And sometimes you even want to quit. But there's a force there. 
You can't even quit. You can't even throw the towel. Then you said, okay, I'm going through this. When you're going through that, you think you're on a mountain top. You seem that everything's just going fine. And then they just, you, uh, things happen again. Boom. You just went down to the valley yet again. Seems worse than it used to be. You said, oh, I'm going to quit it again. But you just cannot quit. Something living inside of you. It is not even you controlling it, but he himself controlling you. And then you go through another trial. You go through another thing. And then you think you're everything is fine. Then you go back to the valley that again. Time after time after time. It doesn't get easier, but a power becomes stronger. Your life started changing. Your nature started changing. And you start to desiring and yearning and longing for the things that you cannot even see. Before, the things that you said, I believe it. You cannot even see it. It doesn't even make it real to you. But as you're going through the trial, as you're going through the difficulties that have come out upon your life, those unseen realm become more clear, become more desirable, become something that is calling you, that's attracting you. You'll find out the things in the world start losing attraction. Your job started losing attraction. Your career started losing attraction. Money started losing the whole. And the, the family, just emotion and things like that. Those things used to taking control of you and start to losing its control. What's happening? Your life, the life that's inside of you start to unfolding it. The life inside of you start to working, start to making progress. You yourself are probably don't even see it. It doesn't matter. It's not you say it. Your job is only have a one. Believe it. Amen. When you take the word, believe the word, the word will take it as a progress and start to working. And then there's a scripture. You find that there's many things that we don't even understand. And that when the, you know, when I heard, uh, uh, encountered this scripture, he said, yet it pleased the Lord. I was thinking of how can please the Lord to bruise that is, uh, uh, his own son, we call it. How, how that would make the God, it said, he pleased the Lord. And as I was saying the last time, it's, it's not God reluctantly to bruise him, to bruise the Christ. It's not a God that just, um, uh, filled and, you know, uh, he feels so sorry. He has to holding his face. You know, I, uh, I just can't do this, but I have to do it. No. The Bible said he pleased him. Amen. That means he's delightful. That means he's happy. That means he's so rejoyful. To the world is, is a painting a picture as a crew master. That's why Brother Branham said in a, in a message, he, the, 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 the person wrote a book, he said, uh, 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 silent God. In the, in the church age, it said it's sold in the, uh, the martyr's time. And then to the, you know, the, the woman, they, they put a tart on the hair and burn her. And they, uh, rip it off the, the belly of the pregnant mother and take the baby and dash it as his head. And where is God? That he said. And it is said that the God is just put his arm together and just keep silent. But they don't understand. But the prophet said that, you know, they just don't understand that those people, they're atheists. They just don't understand that the seed has to go into, go into the soil and it has to be buried. It has to die. Then it become a fruitful. Then it come out. The eyes of God look totally different than our eyes to the looking things. When God looked at him, he pleased. He said, I must strike 
this masterpiece in order for the life to come out, in order for him to speak, in order for him to become a sacrifice and for my people. And all of those things is all laid in the Bible. And without the messenger, without the Holy Spirit, that revealed it to us. And people can only look at it outside. That's why people, they struggle themselves. They try to go through certain things. They're fighting for it. They're battling for it. But they never saw what is the end result come. They never saw what is the purpose behind it. That's why when they're going through things, they, they all with their brute force and try to go through it. Some people do go through that. But you see, they become just hard work. You can see from their, their face that their sorrows in there. They're battling. They're doing things that just, just all reluctantly. It seems like there's such a force that they have to go through it. Instead of they understand that the purpose behind it, and then they can outside in their body, they're still going through what they're going through. They still have a trial. They still have a difficulty. But inside of them, there's a force in them. Make them to see the picture that's behind this whole thing. And when they saw that, they can embrace the cross. Let's give you another example. The prophet said, the Israelites, all the Jews that are going through the gas chamber in the Second World War. It was all killed. The body and corpse was piled up that in the ditches. But only the prophet can say, that's a tender hand of Jehovah. If you just look at it from the outside, how in the world, where is the tender hand? They wouldn't be able to see it. But by the prophet... Then he said, that's the tender hand of Jehovah. Lead them back to the promised land. And it's not just leading the future, the Jews, back to the promised land. But the prophet also said, he gave it each Jew a white robe. Right. Who died that end up because God blinded their eye. Amen. Let's do a comparison. What guest chamber can compare with the white robe? What are all the six million corpses that are naked and in the ditches without even burying them to compare with the white robe? Those Jews, I'm sure there's some crooks to Jews there. I'm sure there's some Jews that's not in their ought-to-be condition. I'm sure there's some Jews who was a backside Jews in there. But God said, I'll give every one of them a white robe. What that can compare with the white robe? That is the tender hand of Jehovah. If those Jews were sold out of white robe, they were fighting for the guest chamber. They were fighting for the corpse that lay in the ditches. They were fighting everything for that white robe. But God blind them eyes. They go in there without knowing it. They're struggling. In the guest chamber, they saw the nail scar on the wall. They saw the nail. The people was screaming. The people was was trying to find a little place, gasp for their breath. But in God's eye, He said, "That's my tender hand." In God's eye, God said, "I'll give you a white robe. It's waiting for you." What a tender hand of Jehovah! 
That's why he said he pleased to him to bruise Christ for your sake, for my sake. That's why when Jesus saw that in the book of the Hebrew, when he saw the joy and lay before him, he despised every shame. God transferred the division to Christ. When he was on the garden of Gethsemane, then he said, not my will, but your will be done. When that great battle is over, when that decision was made, he was joyful to embrace the cross. It pleased God to bruise him. It's not God of Bruce who tried to just molding our character. Of course, they have a reason for it. They have the purpose for that. But when there was a Bruce, when there was a Christ who was a Bruce, when the bride it has to be bruised, has to be break, has to be a, a going through it in the same way. God has a far more purpose in behind it, this whole thing. There is a life that inside of that that need to be surrounded out. The tender hand of Jehovah. If those people can only see the purpose behind it. And for Brother Branham, he never saw why God has to take his daughter. He never saw why God has to take his, uh, take his wife. But unless, but until the later on, the Lord revealed it to him. And in the, in the vision or whatever that is, he went up to the stairs. He saw his little Sharon. And it become a grown, uh, a grown, grown up a, a girl. And then before that, she was a, I was a cross. Brother Branham, the Lord had never explained to him, said that well, from this time on, whatever there's a cross eyes of the person and a cross eyes of the children, not one of them will not be healed by this prayer. Lord never revealed that to him. He doesn't know. He goes through all the grief and sorrow. Even when he killed himself. Think about the, the grief and everything that he went through. But because of what he went through. Not even one crossed eyed child passing through the prayer line without being healed. Lord doesn't have to reveal that right there when he was going through that. Even later on in the message he said that I saw and now I can see why God has to take my share. He said, she's a beautiful girl because in the future, if she grows up for this age, she cannot take it. Lord has to take her away while she was a baby before she grown up to be 18 years old because she's going to go back to the world. She's going to do all the things in the world. The Lord has to take her. But Lord doesn't have to reveal that right then when he was going through that. But he pleased the Lord. The Lord has to even drop the sheet of a black like a blanket, said, I don't want to hear your prayer. Why God this is re- just to explain to them everything? God doesn't. But you see, it doesn't mean God is a crew. It doesn't mean God doesn't have an answer. God gave him an answer. The answer is, I put that seed right in you. It's not you trying to hold it on, but that seed was holding you. No matter how deep trial that you went through, that seed still hold. No matter how darkness that you went through, that seed still hold. Something inside of the man said, I'm not can I cannot give it up. Amen. The Lord gave us to the Lord and take us and bless me in the name of the Lord. Amen. God doesn't have to give an answer. Seed doesn't need an answer. 
Seed has his own life that is right in there to believe every word of God will come to pass. Eventually, God will answer it. Seed doesn't need an answer during the trial. Seed doesn't need an answer during the darkness. Seed doesn't need an answer when they're in such a weak, weakest moment. Seed doesn't need an answer. Seed doesn't need any power laid in there to let them go through that. To know that God will never make a mistake. God has never failed. If he never failed it before, he never failed this time. I think of all the things that the, the things that the prophet had went through, but later on, that he understand better and better. Understand the come by later after we believe the word of God. And God is just not outside. Try to rebuking us or screaming to us. Try to. You know, try to uh, just speak a whole bunch of a word. Try to say, uh, say, say things to us. Let us be honest. Do you read in a message, every message that you read, you feel you want to jump, and, jump, jump up and shout? We read a lot of messages, Brother Richard. Brother Sam. We probably read hundreds or even up by thousands of messages. Can you tell me which message make you shout and scream? I saw you all angels. What's the problem? The message that we heard. Sometimes we were listening to the message right there. Oh, it was, it was good. Sometimes we just listened to the message. After that, we said, oh, it's over. Oh, I haven't finished my dish yet. Sometimes we were reading and listening to the message. We listen and listen. It seems to just passing, passing, passing like that. It's not just God try to every time, almost you have to every message that you read, you have to uh, reading it and listening to it. Oh man, it was so wonderful. Not every time. If not every time happened to me, I'm sure it's not every time happened to everybody else. But we desiring it. Do you disbelieve in what you listen? Do you try to find what's the problem in the inside of it? You only condemn yourself, Lord, why I didn't get what I should get. That is the seed. That is the seed gene of God can only have that type of a desire to longing for God, to yearning for God, wanting the power, the, the word that's laid in there to become a benefit to us. Only the seed will desire that. If it is not a seed, they will try to find a loophole in there. They were trying to find something inside of the message to give them an excuse to leave the message. They were trying to find an excuse that shows that they are criticized. But the seed is not. And the seed, when they look at that, they want to believe it. And they do believe every word of God. And God doesn't have to take every message, every lie, every word. It seems like we have to just, uh, just, uh, the Lord has to spook, uh, speak in this uh, booming voice to us in the, every message. Doesn't have to. All He was doing is uh, you eat it, you listening to it, it will grow. When a water drop on a little wheat, the wheat doesn't jump it up and then says, oh my goodness, today I'm gonna grow two inch. Day after day after day, the wheat is still staying there. And it actually is a rottening. 
It was something underneath and it was just working. It started just springing up without even noticing it. But you see, as long as he kept drinking, it kept pushing out. It kept drinking, it kept pushing out. Some see to grow taller, some see to grow a little, little shorter. But a rapture doesn't just happen to the tallest one. The rapture happened to every seed. Is that the tallest way to go to the rapture first? Is every seed go to the rapture? The weakest one will go to the rapture too. If you are the strong, if you are the most mature, then they are even worse because they have to wait for the list of mature the way to have to grow up and catch up. Then we come up in one unit. We all go to the rapture. There's a life that's laid in that seed. God is not in a hurry. Try to put everybody in a seer robot. Uh, uh, what is, uh, uh, anyway. Uh, God is a God of a variety. It's not everyone is a preacher. It's not everyone is like a brother Tom or brother Ed. It's not everyone. That's why God put them there. To give an example, it's not just to be, you know, we, we, we all want to like our pastor. We all want to like a spiritual as well we can. But you see, if you take the position, if you take the gift that out of a brother Ed, out of a brother Tom, out of a minister, they're the same person if sitting there just the same as you. Going through the same thing as you going through. Listen the same message that you listen. But Lord, give them the gift. Give them a minister gift that can go into the Word, bring it out, and for your sake. And then they brew. God brews them more than probably anybody else for your sake. Because there's a Word need to be quickened inside of them. If it not be quickened inside of them, how can it be quickened inside of you? The Word has to be let them go through the things that then they preach in power, then in their might. For whose sake? For your sake. But you see, God's eye is different than our eye. But he has to transfer his vision to us. So that when we look at the things, it's not just a looking through the physical eye. Look at the things that we're going through. And then be scared about it. But God revealed his plan to us. Revealed his will to us. And then when we go through that, by believing the word, those revelation of his vision of everything will come later to explain to us why this has happened to us. And Paul said in the Roman 8, he said, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children and heirs, heirs of a God and John heir with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. He said of those, those suffering, it's not even having no compare with what God shall be revealed in us. Christ revealed inside of us. There was nothing to compare it with it. And the little suffering, as I said, that 
It's like the tender hand of Jehovah, what the Jews has been going through. They have no comparison to that. But when Paul saying that, he saw that. He must have not only just believed, but God makes this and reveals that to him. When it's become a revelation, it's not just a suffering. Though the body we're still going through the things though, that we have to go through. But inside of the inside that we know all those suffering has nothing to compare with what is God is going to reveal. There's just like a two balance. If there's a one, it's a suffering. And the other is God who revealed that inside that ain't us. If the person gets to the real revelation of that, it doesn't mean that those suffering doesn't exist anymore. But if this becomes so heavy, and those is not even having no comparison to it. And the Paul also said, for all things, 2 Corinthians 4, 15, for all things are for your sake, that abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we fret not, but though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Paul said it's a light affliction. It doesn't mean there's no affliction. But Paul said that affliction is light. That means it was as a how to say this? It was just, it was just like um, almost it feels like a, a little feather was a put on of this weight on the balance of this end. But there's a big heavy thing and uh, just make it as a become all, you can almost without a, uh, counting it or calculate it. So Paul said, our light affliction. But the light affliction will work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Though the affliction is light, but God can still use it and to use that little feather weight of affliction to work great exceeding external glory. He said, while we look not at the things which are sin, are sin, but at the things which are not sin, for the things which are sin are temporary, temporal, but the things which are not sin are eternal. That's why when we're, when we're believing the word, when we take in the message and the believe as the truth of God to us personally, it's not just dealing with the symptom. It's not just dealing with, um, you know, there's affliction come or there's a trial. You know, we have to go through this and a darkness come and we have to, uh, you know, just go through all the things uh, uh, that's uh, coming out upon us. That's only dealing with the symptom of it. But, but God gave us the word. It's not just dealing with the symptom, but by preaching of the word, by believing the promise of God that have been vindicated to be the truth and that it anchored in the believer's heart, then the, the, the affliction 
begin to work for us. The affliction is not that you just try to go through it. When you try to go through it, you will find out that no matter how you do it, the affliction becomes heavier and heavier. Because all your eyes was looking at it. But if God revealed that by receiving the word, then God will make that affliction actually turn into a workforce so that it began to become a force and it become a driving force to push us heavenly. So that's why when Paul said, he said that the light affliction, but it works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The affliction that you go through, God can use it. The trial that you went through, God can use it. When the trial or affliction come into the hand of God, He actually become a force that God make that become a beneficial for you. You think about it when Lord and when God strike Jesus Christ, all of a sudden the weapon that a Roman soldier used become a working force. The affliction that as a man's eye saw it, they saw the affliction was so great. And then the movie painted the picture for us. They whipped Jesus. There, there are blood that just spurred out out of him. That's all the movie can saw. That's all the Hollywood can saw. But when God saw it, he said, he pleased me. When God saw that he used it as affliction, that is a, for upon Jesus, he used it as a workforce. When that spirit is spirited into the sight of Jesus, the redemption plan was fulfilled. By shedding of the blood with the whip on it, and then the word of God said, by his stripe that we were healed. The stripe that was to put on him minutes, probably half an hour or 20 minutes or whatever, how long that is. But all the stripe is a major healing become possible. He can heal you, brother Tom. He can heal brother sister Rena. He can heal brother Ron. Think about it. That 20 minutes of a whipping on the back of Jesus Christ healed millions, if not by billions of people. And think about it by the one moment that the spear go into the heart of Jesus Christ, then the water and the blood and the shed, and it come down, just probably for the one gallon or two gallons of blood, but that gallon of blood saved the whole world is then. Redeemed the whole world. That light affliction. Workers are great, exceeding, eternal. Weight of glory. If God strike that masterpiece, you will find out that God will do the same thing to the bride of Jesus Christ. He gave you an ministry of a reconciliation. The bride has to go through the trials that our Lord has to go through. The bride has to go through the hardship that our Lord has to go through. Not exactly like the whipping on your back, but the, because you received the word. And then the world become a confronting you. The world is against you. It's not because of the you, but because you received the word. But in order for that word to overcome, 
That vessel has to be striken. And the vessel was stricken when the trial would come, when the smitten would come. Then the word inside of a person is not just the word that they received in their mind, but it become a force. It become a power that they can go through the certain things that are in their life. And not only they go through the certain things, but what they go through and the, the things that happen, they become a testimony that ends uh, from the inside and out. It's not just the word that, that they believe, but then the word becomes the outspoken testimony. You become a living testimony to prove that God's word still holds. When you believe the word, the word inside of you, you said, by his tribe, Adam healed. That proves the word of God is still true today. And by believing the word, you claim it on the children. Then you prove that God's word still the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. By believing the word, you claim the word of God. He said, believe unto Jesus Christ, you and your children shall be saved. That proved the word of God to be the truth. That word manifested. That word is speaking it out. You said, what greatness about that? The book of Revelation chapter 12, and he said, we overcome Satan. By what? By the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ and the word of our testimony. The greatest thing you can do, prove the word of God to be the truth and defeat Satan. That's why God has to smite this masterpiece. He has to strike in them so that the word become a force to overcome Satan. And then in Isaiah chapter 53, it said, but he was a wounded for our transgression. He was a bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. Inside of the Jesus Christ, that's the life of God. But in order for the life of a God to be manifested, and that that masterpiece has to be striking. And so that it can be the redemption for all the children of a God. And then in the verse 6, he said, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have returned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Why he do that? He pleased God to strike him. To bruise him. And inside of him, he only had a one purpose. Christ, he saw the vision. He saw the will of the Lord. In him, there's only one purpose. That is to fulfill the redemption plan. To become a sacrifice. If I would, if we can take it to the book of Revelation, he has to become the lamb. The lamb has to be slain. The lamb has to be bruised. Because 
only the bruised lamb can take the book. If the lamb, if it's just a perfect lamb, it's not going to take the book. But it has to be the lamb that is a bloody, bruised, striking. So that lamb can take the book. Can open the seal thereof. Without a striking, he cannot take the book. It's not just on the perfectness of the lamb, but he must must become a sacrifice. He must be bruised. That's why when God said, it pleased to him to bruise him. Because when that perfect lamb, when it come to the, when he was ahead of the perfect image of a God, when just like a Prada said that in the per, a masterpiece, when Michelangelo saw that a statue raised up right in front of him, it was as the perfect as it can be. Then he was so inspired. He was so enthusiasm. Then he strikes that with a hammer on the knee, said, speak. Why? Because they feel this one should have a life in it. This is in such a perfect image. That's why he's striking at him. When God saw Jesus, the perfect lamb that rises him before him, he can do nothing else but to strike at him. It's not of just thought. He was thinking it over, thinking it over, but something inspired in him. God was inspired when he saw the perfect image rising him before him. That he must strike, that the life come out. This is the one that can take the book. This is the one can pay the redemption price. And this is the one can open the seal. He pleased him to strike them. If you please him to strike him then, he's so pleased God to strike the bride of Jesus Christ in this hour for the life to come out. To speak it again, to take the book. He's a striking, and he's the one that worthy to take the book. I always feel pressed for time. I think as Brother Brandon said, you ain't got no room for me. You ain't got no time for me to pray. Anyway, the Bible said he was taken from a prison. And from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was a cut off out of the land of a living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. You think about it in the book of Revelation. And there is no man worthy to take the book. No on earth, no under earth. Nowhere, no angel, no nothing, nobody can take the word, take the book. But only the Lamb can take the book. Angel, though they have an ability, but they're not a kinsman. It has to be this a kinsman redeemer. He has to become a man, just like a you and me. And to go through the striking, the process, and then, so that he can be a lamb that will become a sacrifice. And then he can take the book. For whom? For you and me. For the redemption of you and me, because the price is too great. Nobody can pay for the price. No matter how sincere you are, you can't pay for the price. No matter how religious you are, but you cannot pay for the price. But a kingsman redeemer, he can pay for the price. And he's not just a pay a price, he paid the full price of it. He paid the ultimate price for that. 
in our human mind, we're thinking bigger problem has to pay bigger price. But he paid the ultimate price. He paid the ultimate price for every sinner. If you're a murderer, I'm not talking about spiritually. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about as a human term. If you're a murderer, he paid the ultimate price. Because it has to be a life for life. If you're the one that committed adultery, he paid for the price. That's the ultimate price that he paid. And he's not only paid ultimate price for the bigger sin as we human concern, but he paid for every small sin at all. Also, he overpaid it to make sure devil don't have any wiggle in the room. To make sure devil cannot lay any charge on God's people. To make sure devil cannot have no condemnation on God's people. So he makes sure he overpay that. In our power, our mind, we think, oh, you know, this guy got a bigger sin. Yeah, they got to take it a bigger price to pay. But Jesus said, it doesn't matter the size of the sin. I paid it for it all. Your past sin was paid. Your lying was paid. Your stumbling was paid. Your mistake was paid. Your backbiting was paid. Every sin, he said, I paid for that. I paid an ultimate price for that. I even overpaid it for every sin. Whatever wrongdoing. Yet even you're thinking, oh, that's just a little thing. But God said, I pay for that. And make sure Satan cannot lay any charge on God's people. Who can accuse God's people? Who can lay charge on God's children? Is God himself justify them? By what? By the overpaid price for every one of you. Does they pay the price for cancer? Yes, sir. Does they pay the price just for the, for your food? Does they pay the price for your COVID? He paid a price for everything. He overpaid that to make sure every healing is covered, every sickness is covered. You have a mental problem? He said, "I cover for that. I overpaid that." Not a one price he didn't pay. That's why devil have no wiggling room. When it comes to charging out of you, you can show up the token, the blood of Jesus Christ laid right in me. And pay the price for everything. You have depression? He said, I paid the price for that. I overpaid the price for that. All my blood will cover everything. He's the kinsman redeemer. His words is to take the book. There's no bigger sin or small sin. He covered them all. There was no bigger cancer or small, small COVID. He covered them all. He said, my children's, their backside are way worse than yours. He said, I covered them all. He said, my children was a boring and a message. They're a good boy. He said, I even cover that. He overpaid the price. Ben, he overpaid it. He paid for you. He paid for your wife. He paid for your children. He paid everything. Not even one speck of thing. Sin that is laid in around. One speck of the weakness that they lay in the pride of Jesus Christ without being paid. He said, I paid all the full ultimate price for everything. 
He's worthy to take the book. That's why he pleased the Lord to bruise him. He put him to grave. Shall make his soul an offering for sin. God overpass. God look past all the affliction. It doesn't mean that he's not a sympathize. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have a compassion. Compassion is to do the will of the Lord. He know the bigger picture. He know what is the striking will do. That's why he pays the price. But Abraham said, when we lost after the Garden of Eden through Adam, the title deed, it went back to the original owner. But there's a being a poacher on the land, a squatter, and that's Satan. He coming over, he's a poacher. This earth don't belong to him. Belongs to God. The book never went into Satan's hand. The title deed never went into Satan's hand. Your rights never went into Satan's hand. Your blessing never went into the Satan's hand. Your healing never in the Satan's hand. Your peace is never in Satan's hand. Your guiltless is never in Satan's hand. It all held in God's hand. Your joy is never in Satan's hand. That's why you cannot find the joy in our entertainment. That's why you cannot find the comfort in the things that are in the world. All of them lays in the hands of a God. Because the same, because the Adam has lost it. But God is holding it. He's waiting for a time. What time? This hour. Oh, what a glorious message that we have. In this hour, the land come, takes the book. Said that, that belongs to me. All the blessing, God said, that belongs to the Lamb. The Lamb is worth it. He took the book. Your peace is laying there. Your joy is laying there. Your healing is laying there. It's a confirmation healing. It's not just a probing it. It's not just a positive thinking. But something laid in the Word has to confirm it to you. It's all laying in the hands of a God. And the Lamb took the book. And he's not taking for himself. He said, I'm going to give this to my children in this hour. They don't have to proving any longer. They don't have a guessing any longer. I vindicate it. This is by his stripes. You are healed. He bruised him because it pleased him. He come, take the book, give the messenger. And it's the last age. And it relates it to the bride of Jesus Christ. It pleased him. But a squatter's there. He's on your land. He doesn't hold the book. He doesn't hold everything. But it's a squatting it. It was a sitting on there. But you have to drive him out. And you have a legal right. To drive him out. Because when the lamb become a legal owner of it, he give that, he transfer that to your name. When you have a certain property, even in the BC, they have what they call the land transfer tax. But in this, there's no land transfer tax. Because you are a co-heir with him. You are inherited. This belongs to you. 
It's not you have to pay a certain price. Try to, I gotta get myself up a little bit. I gotta do something. There's nothing you need to do. You are the inheritor of it. Then he said, he's a poacher. This earth don't belong to him. Belongs to God. But he's a poacher, a squatter. But he, God, he said, he breaks the seals. Reveals, give us his inheritance to his people. He gives an inheritance that he inherited. Become a kingsman redeemer. And freely give it out unto us. It all belongs to him. He was the one who redeemed it, but instead of keeping it in himself, he gave it back to the people. That's his love for us. Amen. It's not only just he elected us, he chose us, but he gave it an inheritance. To further extend it, to express his love, he gave the inheritance. He gave it authority to you. Your children belongs to you. Your peace belongs to you. You're strong in the Lord. Your personal walk belongs to you. Everything belongs to you. Why? Because now you become a legal owner of it. When you're guessing it, when you're probing at it, you're not sure. But when you know your name is on it, when you know that you are the legal possessor of it, you can enforce it. But Satan, he didn't want to give it up right away. But he had to fight over it. You know, Satan won't give it up so easily. He lost, but he acted like he's not lost. I hope the American brothers will forgive me. Trump lost, but he still acts like he's not lost. <laughs> I don't hate Trump. I like him, actually. But he lost. No matter how he tried to act himself, but in two more months, he'll be out of the White House, go to the Black House. Two, only got two more months because he lost. Have to face it. No matter how many lawsuits he tried to do, sorry, brothers in America, I have no political inclination or anyway. I'm just, just taking it as an example. I hope he got an election next time. But you know the Satan tried to do the same thing? He lost. On Calvary, God sent Christ, has already bruised him. He pleased the God and bruised the Christ, but Christ bruised the Satan's head. He lost. He acted like he's not lost. He acted like on your body. I'm holding your body. I'm holding your family. I'm holding your mind. I'm holding this. But the wisdom, what we, what the bride should say, you lost. You only got a few more months. You're totally lost. Jesus Christ has bitten you back. Has bruised your head. And we are the legal owner. I'm sure Biden was laughing. Two more months. I'm going to be in the White House. Let the bride of Jesus Christ also declare. I don't know how long, but it will be a short time. I will be in the heavenly place. This earth belongs to me. And we're going to come back and take everything back. And even right now, I have a dominion over this body. Satan, you have no rights on this body. 
It's not you command this body, but I command you to do what I want to do. Sometimes we act like we're the illegal owner. Well, we're having the legal documents to write with us. The message of this hour has been vindicated time after time to show us our name is on that book. We are the legal owner. Devil doesn't possess anything. It's only the squatter on it. Sometimes you'll find out that the parents will labor, will labor on our children with love, with patience. Do whatever that we need to do. But it seems like it doesn't see any results. And we're thinking, Lord, sin doesn't make a progress. We want our children to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It seems that it doesn't happen. We want to see the, see the, uh, the spark that's in them. It seems it doesn't happen. And sometimes when you pray, it seems like the worst they get. Sometimes you try to do, it seems the worst they're going to get. You pray for them, you're, you're fasting, you're praying and do everything. It seems like there's no result, no progress whatsoever. And then sometimes the people get uh, discouraged. But that's a change that... Uh, change the dark, diagram? Dark, dark. Change the angle a little bit. It seems like the Satan just grip them in a tighter and tighter. But do you realize it's actually is a Satan scared of you? Not scared of you. He's scared of that legal document. He know that belongs to you because you have the legal document. Satan still got a hold of our children. It just is a lucky day. <laughs> I know you don't think so. You're always standing on the Satan's side to try to say nice things of him. It's Satan's lucky day that he still holds your children. It's his lucky that he's holding them because he is an illegal owner. But you are the legal owner. When you pray for them, it seems like they're getting worse. Why? Because Satan's afraid. Because he's scared, he has to drag their children and hide them. He hide them in the bar. He hide them in the drug. He hide them in the social, all kinds of things. Why? Because he's scared. Because he's an illegal owner. As an illegal owner, he has to run with his kidnapped your children and try to hide them as much as he can do. Because he illegally owns your children. He's not the legal owner of your family. That's why he's running for his life illegally owned your children with him and go here and go there. From one entertainment to another entertainment. 
from this to that, or job or money or women or girl or boyfriend, all of things. He do everything that he can. He try to run. It's not your children's are running. It's a Satan grab them, running them. Because he's afraid. He knows the time is short. He knows he doesn't illegally owns them. That's why he do everything that he can. But thank God, we are a legal owner. And by God's grace, the bride of Jesus Christ recognizes who she is. It's not who she will be. But we recognize it by the word in this hour revealed to us. We are the legal owner of it. The lamb has to tuck the book. And to give the book to us. We become the legal owner. All the property is laid in there. It all belongs to you. Your family is your inheritance. No Satan squatting on them. But we're going after them. And our children, that belongs to you. No Satan rob your privilege, but go, we're going after them. We're not going after them as a robber. We're going after them as a legal owner. With the Holy Spirit as a policeman to reinforce everything that you claimed to be the right. Devil, he's just an illegal possessor. Of your health. Health belongs to you. But devil is scared. That's why he's running from one doctor. And he hides it from one to another. He hides it as a bug. He hides it as a virus. He hides everything. Making one rule after another. He's scared. Because he saw the bride of Jesus Christ. Recognize that she's the legal owner. Of everything that God given to us. That's why he makes the situation become worse and worse and worse. Because they run, they try to hide. They try to do everything that they do. But the more they do, the more we realize the devil, you are defeated. You are scared because you realize you're not the legal owner. But I am the legal owner. So he was a striking. Christ was a striking. So that he can take the book. It was a bruise. It was a bloody. But his eyes was fastened on that book. On the right hand of the one that's sitting on the throne. That's why he can overpass all this light affliction. It's only a light affliction. But he'll do it exceeding eternal glory. He is a worker. The affliction is a slave. It's like a worker that worketh for you. I'm just thinking about what God has done in Switzerland. Maybe they're watching this service. Or maybe they're in the future, they archive for it. It's all started from a little affliction. A light affliction. By a sister writing the email to Brother Ed. Said, and then it said a certain line, the brother, the voice speaks to the Brother Ed. It said, this is the wounded one. And just by that a little, we say light affliction. But to the sister, to the people in there. And they may think of this, our whole world is crumbling. Our whole family is crumbling. But in God's eye, he saw years past what's happened right now. What's happened in the years later. That's why he said that's a light affliction. 
And he pleased him to bruise them. He pleased him to let a trouble come. He pleased him that a division come. He pleased him that all the things has happened. When his whole world seems to crumbling. But God said, that is a light affliction. And because of light affliction, God put that affliction into his work. That he can use it. He can work his work for what? For the eternal and the weight glory. Exceeding weight glory. Think about the people that are saved. That are Europe, a different church, a different people from Africa, meeting after meeting. How many people was blessed? How many people was healed physically and also mentally and spiritually and plus in their soul? How many people, how things has been done from that light affliction? And then uh, come for the meeting. There was a brother from Angola come for the meeting. And by that, brother team get a connection with them. Then uh, the message can now go in there printing the message. Light affliction has a work exceeding and with eternal glory. There's so many things we can bring. The works in China. The work in Uganda. The work in everywhere. Light affliction. But God used it. Works for the exceeding and the eternal weight of a glory. But what is it he's doing? He wants them to. The lamb has took the book. But it's not only for him just took the book. He wants you to take the book too. It's the bride's duty now to take the book. When John saw that in the book of Revelation 10 when we read Another voice that said to him, said, go take the book. Then it has to be John, that he has to walk it over and said, give me that book. We know that that angel was standing, he's a, he was standing upon sea and then upon earth. But as I said, the Satan will not just easily let you go to take it. And he will fight for it. And for John, he must go over to take the book. When he go over to take the book, that is a little journey. And in that journey, he has to walk it over to that angel who put his feet on sea and on earth. If the angel puts his foot on sea and on earth, John, while he's taking the book, he has to walk it over that too. God doesn't make it as a way just becoming easier to us. But God said to us, I'm in control of this. Sea and the earth is under my feet. I'm holding the book, but you have to come to take it from my hand. He's not going to just throw and drop it into your hand. You have to walk in the distance. Go, come to take the book. No matter how sea was roaring, 
No matter how earth seems like it want to swallow in you. But remember, always remember, the angel put his feet on sea and on earth. And he hold the book and said, you coming over. Brother Timothy said, this is the belongs to you. Your family belongs to you. Your daughter belongs to you. Your children belongs to you. Don't look at a sea. Don't look at the earth. I'm standing upon it. I'm standing upon it. The sea might roar. Devil might roar. Devil might do this and that. But you just walk it all over. Like a Peter walking all over. Put your eyes fastened on that book. That book has been holding to you. All your healing was there. All your blessing was there. All your rights was there. Put your eye not on the sea, not on the earth, but just walk right over and take a hold of that. Give me that book. That belongs to me. Let a musician come. When John Go took the book, and then that angel, the voice, then it says, you take the book and eat it up. And then it will be bitter in your belly, but a sweet in your mouth. But Abraham says that the bitter in the body because you're digesting. And the sweeter in the mouth because afterward you have a testimony, it becomes sweet in your mouth. When you testify. The bride of Jesus Christ overcomes Satan by what? Blood of the Lamb of God. And the word of their testimony. How can it become a word of a testimony without a drop into the belly? Become a bitter and digesting. And then the trial come. And then the difficulty will come. Then the struggle will come. Then the battle will come. Then the churning will come. All by take the book and eat it. It's not just a claim it. My family is mine. My daughter is mine. And you can claim it. But you must eat it. There's a bitterness to follow. There's a trial followed. There's a striking on a masterpiece followed. But you're not worthy to take the book. But there's a worthy one has took the book. That's why if he said, come, that means that you are worthy. Otherwise, they wouldn't call you to come. And you dare not to come. Because no one can look at it. No one can take it. But when they said, come, that means that you are worthy. It's not on your worthiness, but on my worthiness. Then you walk it over, take it, and then eat it up. Let a word and you by faith, believe me, it, you become a one. That is not a you speaking anymore. But by the striking, the life starts to altering voice. It's not just by the mouth you try to say, give my children, give me my loved one. But the life inside of it has a manifest the token owner. You become the legal owner. It's not just you saying it, but your life has had a seal on it. Says this belongs to Brother Timothy. 
This belongs to Brother Master. This belongs to Brother Mark. This belongs to Brother Mike. This belongs to you, to Brother Larry. This belongs to you, Brother Aiden. This is yours. Has your name sealed on it. That's your token life. That's your new birth. That's you born again. There's a different life of living in you. Then when you eat the book, then a voice said, prophesy again. Because you have been the masterpiece. You have been struck. It pleased God to bruise you. For what? For you to take the book and eat it up. And the angel warned you there will be bitterness. The angel warned you that we'll have a come trial. The angel has warned you so that it won't be easy. The darkness is going to come upon you. The clouds are going to be coming upon you. The rejection is going to come upon you. All the people are going to refuse you. The mocking is going to come. All they're going to come. But John said, I don't care. Just give me that book. I cannot explain a lot of things, but give me that book. I cannot explain the situation, but give me that book. I don't know how this is going to end, but give me that book. I warned you, I know, but I claim it. Because of this is mine. It got all my inheritance in there. And he said, I count you as worthy to take the book and eat the book. And then we can prophesy again. How marvelous our God is. It's not based on your worthiness, but He is worthy to take the book. Because it pleased God to bruise Him. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. With His stripes, with the chastisements that upon Him, by His stripes, we were healed. It's all laid on that kingsman redeemer. And then they called, you are the masterpiece. Come on over. This is, belongs to you. Take it. The old angel said that there was a bitterness in there. But a bride said, yes, I take it. I know this is only light affliction. I know this is only this suffering compared to what Christ has revealed in us. There's nothing to compare it with that. Let us stand. They overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. What a typical characteristic of the bride of Jesus Christ. Let's talk about you. It's not just talking about a John. It's not just talking about in the Bible and Bible time. This is talking about you. He's worthy to take the book. He's taken it. And he called you and up said, it belongs to you. Whatever you ask, believe it. And it will be given unto you. Amen. Amen. That's a, let's sing a song. I'm a redeemed bought with surprise. This is for the redeemed. This is for you, bride of Jesus Christ.
What a time that we're living in. It seems like everything was falling apart. But you know how I thankful to the Lord. Give us a promise that has been confirmed to be the truth. And he gave us a book that not even people in that ancient time worthy to look at. John saw it and write it about it, want to write it. The Lord said, no, I'm leaving this for the end time. I'm leaving this for you, Brother Mike. I'm leaving this for you, Mr. Waldner. And all your children and all your loved ones. I'm leaving this for you, Sister Hope. I'm leaving this for you, Brother Liam, Brother Victor. Oh, my beloved, Brother Peter. All of you. This is all for you, Sister Andrea. The man enters. Oh, my goodness. And all the people crossing on the side of the border. You're never been forgotten. This book is for you. No matter I say it or say it not, it doesn't matter. But he saw you. Amen. That's the saying that I am a redeemed. Ball with the bride. And redeemed. Oh, Surprise. Jesus has changed my whole
Think about the price that he paid. You know, a lot of time when we're thinking about that, Lord, I'm not worthy for it. You know, that's always what Satan tried to say. He said, you're not worthy. You should follow what he said. He said, yes, I'm not worthy, but he's worthy. It's not because I'm worthy, but because he's the worthy one. He paid the ultimate price for every of my sin. And I just receive what he has paid for. You know that when he was a strike, stricken, do you realize that you were stricken with him? Do you realize that you were in, you were in him while he was a smitten and stricken? You were stricken there inside of him. If you were stricken then, if he can take the blow, guess what? You took the blow already. All you right now is only manifest of what you have already been taking the blow when you were in Him. That's why you can go through the darkness. That's why you can go through the condemnation. That's why you can go through Satan's charge. He's attacking everything. Because you already won one time when you were in Him. All you're doing is only manifest what you were already been stricken while you were in him. It's not hard. It's a light affliction which you're going through. If we saw what those afflictions can do to us, Satan mean damage, but God used him as a slave. He used him as a worker, that a worker for the exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Shall we sing another song that he paid the debts I can I can't pay. Do you remember that song? He paid a debt. He did not owe. I owed a debt. I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song.
Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, the more we think about this, the more it seems like our mind just cannot fasten it. How precious, how worthy that you are, Lord. And how unworthy that we are, Lord. Oh, God, but take the worthiness of the Lamb of God who take the book and then give it unto us. Lord, we come with a trembling. We come with a humbleness that in our heart and to take this right that it belongs to your children. Lord, I just pray that you help each one of us, Lord. We know we're living in the, in unusual time. The Lord is not unusual, not because just the COVID and the things, but Lord is an unusual. We can see the world is crumbling, Lord. Lord is like a birth pan that the world is going through. Lord, it must another world is coming for us, Lord. Lord, it must show there's another world is on his way. It's just oppressing this world. There's another life that is coming along. It's just oppressing on this earthly life. Lord, I believe it must be a homecoming time for us, Lord. That's why all the things that happen and the events that has happened just so rapidly. Lord, we don't know when. We don't know what time. But Lord, we know isn't closer than what we think. So Lord, I just pray, the more when we are facing this, may the bride of Jesus Christ not be frantic. May they not be uh, just nervous and don't know what to do. May them know, may them know exactly what they need to do. Just depending on your words in this, take it over the book and eat the book and let the book, let the word of God, let the life of Christ unfolding itself inside of us. Lord, that is the rest that we rested upon. Lord, it's not just we try to let our mind rest, but Lord, to the rest that are sure that the life of the living inside of us will unfold because of that is the power. Lord, we give you all the thanks. Be with your children. Lord, uh, remember the service tonight. Brother John going to come and take the service. I pray that the Spirit of God anoint my brother, Lord. Just let us go a little higher. Lord, just go to the bosom of God and take a hold of the Word of God to receive it and nurturing it and in the bosom of Jehovah. Lord, you are the Jehovah Jireh. You provide all our need. We give you all the things. May your name be praised. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Shall we sing another song, He Set Me Free? Let's sing some snappy songs. This is the time that uh, the Lord has set us free. Because, hey, take the book. And so that we can be free. We're not uh, just to be bound anymore. We're the legal owner. Possess the word of God had a promise to us. Let's sing together. He set me free. Word of Matthew. It's like a bird in
God. How we thank you, Lord. He's the one that set us free. Oh, blessed be his name. You are free. You're not only free, indeed, you are free from the sanctuary now. And go out and I hate to say this, but go straight to your car and uh, be locked up again and come back at four o'clock if you registered and be free again. So may the Lord bless you and uh, say God bless you to each one and the Lord be with you until tonight. We'll see you again.